Okay, um, open up to the book of Proverbs, and I want to dismiss our youth at this time. Youth ministry today, you are dismissed. All of us young people get to stay in here. Isn't that great? So open up a couple places. Uh, open up to Proverbs 18.21. And uh, uh, again, as I did last week, we kind of were going through several different Proverbs does anybody remember our subject last week? It was so good. So, so good. The sluggard. Proverbs 6. And if you don't know what the sluggard is, it was the lazy person. Uh, it's not the person that you think of. You know, many times Proverbs, you know who it's talking to? It's talking to us. You can catch up uh, on our website uh, and listen to that message. Today I want to look at another topic that Solomon addresses 150 times in Proverbs. And it's words, it's our mouth, and it's our lips. The things that, that we say. You know, in Proverbs, Solomon mentions uh, the wise and the fool. He'll refer to wisdom or he'll refer to folly. But 150 times, he's going to mention something about the things that we say. But if you read through Proverbs, you're going to see this over and over again. He'll say, when I was tender and precious in my father's sight, in my mother's sight, they taught me. Talking about David. So I wanted to open with uh, a couple of David's words that he talked about speaking words to God or saying words. Psalm 19, verse 14, we read earlier, but I wanted to read again. So this is David's heart possibly what he taught to Solomon, but Solomon would then use the wisdom God gave him to write these things in Proverbs. But David said these, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. You know what's so important? In fact, we could almost stop here if we could. It's the mouth and the heart are always connected. In fact, it starts in the heart, and it comes out of the mouth. We're going to see that. Psalm 141, verse 3, David says these words, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of our lips. Isn't that good? Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Or I'll pray this, Holy Spirit, catch me before I say that. Don't let those things come out of my mouth. Proverbs really teaches us, if we want to become wise, we develop in the fear of the Lord. That's, that's pretty much the theme. In the fear of the Lord is knowledge. So if we want to develop wisdom according to God's word, we do it with the fear of the Lord, and we devote ourselves to his word. And then as the New Testament comes in, we dedicate this life, this body, top of the head to the bottom of the feet to serve and follow Jesus. So words can heal broken relationships. Words can restore marriages. Words can build up children. World, words can make peace with enemies. Words unite nations. Words can give hope to people that are hopeless, and words are what advance the gospel. 
Words also can become weapons of mass destruction. They start wars. Words start wars. They start regional conflicts. Words tear down people's reputations. Words can be the death of marriages. Words can divide families. Words can end a friendship. Words, as we see in our day, can end a career. Words turn over government. Words divide nations. And words can stop a missionary's effort. All by what I say. So as we go through here, Solomon has wisdom for all of us in the things that we say. You know, there was a phrase used in World War II. Anybody heard the phrase, loose lips sink ships? Anybody heard that, loose lips sink ships? I think it's in a song that somebody sings. But it was used, and there were actually posters that were uh, in the ships at the time for when the sailors went to port, they knew that there would be spies in port, and they would ask the sailors question. Where are you on your way to? Where are you sailing through? What sea, what ocean are you going through? And so the spies wanted to get that information because they, at the time, they would pass it on to the Germans or they'd pass it on to the Japanese. And the phrase was loose lips. If you tell them where we're going to go, there's a chance this ship can be sunk. So you don't want to say anything that would uh, sink your ship or another ship because they're all your brothers and sisters. They're all fighting together. Loose lips sink ships. You know, words don't necessarily have to do with just profanity or obscene language. All of us are guilty of using words to hurt or to offend. Remember the phrase, sticks and stones can break my bones. But what? Words never hurt. No, all of us at one time have had something said. And we would have rather somebody broke our arm or done something that would heal up quickly than a word that said. Many times we can carry something said our entire life because of the power of words. You know, when I was in high school, junior year in high school, uh, my one football coach, and I went to a Christian school, and evidently we were cussing on the football field. I don't remember uh, uh, what we said, and I think we were even winning, and we were at Doherty High School playing a game, and I remember at halftime, my coach, Scott Raftree, putting me up against the fence and him getting on me for cussing. And he says, you don't even know how to cuss. <laughs> I thought, I didn't know there was a way, right? Is there a school you go to to learn how to do it? He says, you don't even know, you don't even sound right. You know, that impacted me from probably 16 years of age. And that phrase has kept with me over and over and over again. Uh, you don't even know how to cuss. I reminded him, heck, he passed away uh, probably about four years ago. We had got together maybe six years ago for breakfast. I reminded him of that story, and I said, I want to thank you for grabbing me. And I think he threw me up against the fence, is probably the, the truth, and getting in my face about cursing because it impacted my life. I believe when we go through Proverbs today, it's not a coach that's saying it. It's not a pastor that's saying it. It's the Holy Spirit saying it to us. And he's going to say these things because there's life in his words and there's life in the words that we say. 
So 150 times in the book of Proverbs, in 31 chapters, it has to do with words, our lips, our mouth. Genesis 1, all you have to look at is God's creation. And at the end, in the beginning of everything, it would say, God, what? Said. God could have done it however he wanted to. He could have painted and had eternity and had all of uh, creation, but he spoke it out. He spoke everything out. In John chapter 1, John introduces us to Jesus, who is the Lamb of God, but he's also the Word of God. So God believes in words, in things that are, are spoken. And we read this a couple weeks ago, but Isaiah, we won't turn there, but we'll throw it up on the screen. Isaiah 6, 5. When the prophet Isaiah has a vision of heaven and God's train filling that whole throne room, you know what the very first thing that he says or the first thing he does? He refers himself to a man with unclean lips. A man with unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of people with unclean lips. Interesting that the first thing that he didn't, we didn't see him fall down on his face or get on his knees. He refers to himself as the things that he has said is what needed to be cleaned up. So think about all the ways that we use words. Speaking, typing, uh, handwriting. I know we don't do much of that anymore. Uh, people paint to express words. Sign language, all of what we do is communicating today, speaking and communicating. And I believe that's why when we come to Proverbs 18, we understand the power of words. Well, let me give you an example. Do you remember the phrase, got milk? And every advertisement was somebody with a white mustache? Do you know companies spend lots of money on advertising to narrow it down to just the right words, because if they say the right words... It does something to us to want to buy the product. Remember when we kept hearing commercial after commercial that said, can you hear me now? And some of you had that service before and you couldn't hear them and you switched companies. The phrase, just do it, most of us know who that was. So advertisers know to market to us, they've got to use specific words. So here's what Solomon says in Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Let me say it again. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Let's all say that one together. Ready? Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Did I breathe life into somebody this week? Or did I almost assassinate somebody with my words? Did I breathe life? What do you think God did to us this week? He was breathing life into us. Did I breathe life? Death and life. Notice that they're both in the power. Both have power of what we say. Both of them have fruit of what we say. If I go buy an apple tree, I went to buy an apple tree because I wanted what? Apples. I didn't want lemons. If I wanted lemons, i get a lemon tree. I wouldn't buy an apple tree and have it grow and then the fruit's a lemon and be excited about it. 
I want apples. So there's fruit by the things that we say. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 6.2 says this. You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. You know, snare is a trap. One of those animal traps that either catches an animal by a foot or a limb, catches them by uh, the neck. You're snared or you're trapped by the things that you say. You are taken by the words of your mouth. How many times have we said things and said it over and over and over to where it's been so negative that we almost believe it? Let us not be snared by the things that we say, because words are just everywhere. Do you know you open your mouth 700 times a day and speak 18,000 words? Right? 18, somebody looked around and said, man, they talk a lot more. <laughs> words are everywhere. In fact, Proverbs 12, 18 says this, there is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. There's one who speaks like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. In fact, the English Standard Version says this, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. You know, I've, all of us have probably cut ourselves at one time and another doing something in the kitchen, accidentally dropping something, but none of us probably have been pierced with a sword. I don't imagine, unless you work at medieval times and you got a little careless. Ow, wouldn't that hurt? Notice what it says. Rash words are like sword thrusts. But notice what he comes back with. But the tongue of the wise, what does it do? Promotes health. It's easy to fire off the sword, isn't it? But many times it's those tongues that promote health and healing. If you were paid a dollar for every kind word you said this week, but for every negative word you lost 50 cents, would you be rich at the end of the week or would you be poor? Would you be in double minuses or would you be in positive? And that's what's so important uh, that we do this because the rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Why is it so much easier just to say what's on our mind than to take a stop and think about it? You know, uh, this is so important too. I heard this years ago. Whenever you're going to send out a fiery email to a boss, a coworker, a, a, a landlord or anybody, give yourself the 24-hour rule. Because I guarantee what you will say as you're typing it is probably not how you say it in 24 hours. How many of us have been guilty of shooting something out and wish that you could get that back? Because we understand that principle, that sword, it's like it can pierce like a sword. Proverbs 15.4 says this, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. But perverseness in it breaks the spirit. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Proverbs 10, 11, 
The mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. My mom would tell us, I have two other brothers, and she would say, if you don't have anything nice to say about one another, don't say a word. And we'd say, we'd be quiet all day long then. <laughs> well, that's what you do, right? You don't talk back to one another. I hear that over and over. I can still hear that today. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. I wonder how many times if we need to take that rule in ourselves. If I don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. If I don't have anything nice to type, don't type it. If I don't have anything nice to write or post, don't tweet it, right? Don't throw it out there. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life. Now this is an interesting proverb because it really needs a word picture to express it because I doubt any of you have this in your house and it says this, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Or that gold apple in a silver bowl stands out. You can't miss it. It's like our words. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Now here's what we know. Our mouth, though, and the things that we say are connected to the heart. In fact, Jesus mentions that in Matthew 12. He says, well, it's out of the abundance of your heart the mouth speaks. If you get a big brick and you drop it on your big toe, you're going to yell something. And hopefully it's just, oh, hopefully it's not, oh, whoa, right? And you need my coach to throw you up against the fence and tell him you don't even know how to cuss right. Well, sometimes we know what happens in a situation shows what's on the in inside. And thank God that we have his word that is the one that stirs up and cleans up and works on the inside to get those type of, of things out. And I heard this little quote. It says this, A wise old owl lived in an oak. The more he heard, the less he spoke. The less he spoke, the more he heard. Why can't we all be like the wise old bird? Right? Well, there's a proverb that says, Proverbs 10, 19, I know this isn't on the screen, in a multitude of words, sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his lips is wise. The old owl decided to listen more than to speak. Let me tell you, you want to be a great people person or communicator, you know what the best advice I could ever give you? Learn to listen. If you just listen. I'll tell my kids this. When somebody's talking to you, don't think in your mind what you're going to, when they stop, you're going to jump in with something else because you're not listening. And many times if you just listen, you'll learn so much. You know, many times when I go on a hospital call or with a family that has lost a loved one, do you know what I say most of the time? Sometimes I don't say a word. And then later I'll hear things, thank you for being there. And I think, I didn't even do anything. No, your presence sometimes is more powerful than the things that you say. But we've lacked opportunity or we've lacked the drive to just be people that listen. People sometimes need to be heard to listen out. Now remember, so words are always linked 
from our heart. In fact, I want to read Matthew chapter 12, verse 34 and 37. In fact, Jesus uses these words, brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. Now notice what he says in verse 37, for by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. We are held accountable by the Lord for the things that we say. There's not another created being outside of humanity. Animals can communicate, but they can't control the things that they say like you and I. That's powerful when Jesus says, the things you say will either justify you or condemn you. There's not a time that I don't come to communion and I remember the Apostle Paul's words that he says, judge yourself. And I'll always say, Lord, if I've said anything, if I've looked at anything, listened to anything, if my feet have led me anywhere, forgive me for that. But I start with, if I've said anything, remind me. Let me go back. Because there are people that their entire life will carry around a word that was said to them by a parent, a grandparent, somebody in school, that stays with them, like around their neck, that they can't give up. And it would have been better if somebody broke their arm and had not said that word. Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. And I love this one, Proverbs 16.1. And notice where it starts. The preparations of the heart belong to who? Man. But the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Well, when Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, the preparation of what's going to come out starts where? Starts in the heart. But the answer is from the Lord. You know, as David is teaching these things to Solomon, Solomon is, remember, he's seeing things of wisdom and foolish. He's looking at the wise. He's looking at folly. And he, and he narrows in on the things that are even just said that come out and how powerful that he would notice that death and life are in the things that are said david said as we started and we've said all service uh, psalm 19 verse 14 let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in whose sight in your sight O lord my strength and my redeemer you know as we read through the bible uh, Romans 10, 9, and 10 says this. This is how powerful the mouth is. That if we confess Jesus as Lord, if we confess him as Lord, that's how we're saved. That the speaking of it is how I receive him. Romans 10, 9, and 10. I, confessing him is how I receive him. 1 John 1, 9. Confessing my sin, being honest before the Lord, confessing Words that I say is how he forgives me. So Jesus uses our very words to save our lives. He uses our very words to walk in forgiveness before him. And he uses these very words to speak life to somebody else. I want to encourage you this week, maybe even today, that we all do this, that we take time and inventory those things that, that we've said. Even if we have to go back and find somebody and say, you know, I shouldn't have said that. I don't, 
I wanted to re get that thing back as it was sent out. You ever done it? You send it out and you want to grab it back, pull it back in. If you missed it, right, be honest and with your words, make it right. Make it right. And take time. God's word is what works on the abundance of the things in our heart. And that's why I love what David said. And I think that's my prayer as uh, we look at our closing time. Let the words of this mouth and the meditation of this heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. Bow your heads, if you would, with me today. Let me just read a couple of these with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, listening with your heart. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. And Father, as we come today, Lord, we thank you that we can come to you We've got the ability to speak to you. But Lord, I pray today, if there's anyone here that has had something said over their life that has just hung on and followed them around, I pray in Jesus' name that even today it is broken. That what follows them around is surely goodness and mercy will follow them the rest of the days of their life. You tell us to pray this, to cast down imaginations or anything that would exalt itself above you, especially those words. And we come to the words that you speak over us. You say in Jeremiah that you have thoughts of peace, you have thoughts of hope, you have thoughts of our future, you have plans for us. You have thoughts to make crooked places straight. You have thoughts that it's even a new day in our life. It's your thoughts that are most important today. And I believe that's why David prayed, then let, if you have these thoughts about me, then let my words, let my heart, let the meditation, let the things that I think about and think about and wonder about and wonder about, let it be acceptable in your sight today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, if you've even been straying from him, and today is a day to come back and run to him, it's so important that we confess him with our mouth. Let's all pray this prayer today. Ready? Dear God, I believe in Jesus and I believe that he lived and that he died for me. I now accept him as my Lord, my Savior. Thank you for coming into my heart. Thank you for bringing me into your family because I confessed you as Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you'd stand with me,